Now can you sell it? Do you got the concept that the people can't live without hearing? Did you hit the target? Can you sell it? Can you sell it? Do you got the dollars with the sense of an entrepreneur bringing the dope raw and pure? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Michael Dean Show here on PodcastJuice.net. Joining me today is Mr. Big Sexy and Sack. Sir, how are you? I'm 54. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. Oof. Thank you, my brother. Oof. Hey, 54 is good, man. Yeah, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> also joining us is Mr. Aunt Pooh. Sir, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Rainy ass day in LA. Oh, okay. Well, you, don't get the, you don't get that all oh. the time. Yeah, I think this is what day number three this year. Oh shit! Mm. Well, there you go. Uh, you can you can handle it. Um, let's get into some things that's popping off in the news. Uh, real quick, just want to start this conversation. Uh, Bruno Mars and the, these allegations of appropriation, cultural appropriations on the super extreme side. Culture vulture. I don't think that really that wouldn't apply at all. But. Horse, horse shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and from my understanding, I first saw some inkling of this conversation from a, a news story or interview with Michelle Nadelicello. Saying her last name right? Not even uh, close. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know who I'm talking about. Goddamn. But uh, Michelle, she did an interview with uh, Billboard.com. And in there, they ask her about Bruno Mars. And I assume this is one of the lead off questions, but I'm assuming the question was asked because in relation to her new album that's coming out, which is an album of cover songs of uh, a lot of uh, late 80s, 90s music. I think her first single she put out was actually TLC's Waterfalls, right? And so, you know, they asked her this question about what she thought about Bruno, I guess. And, you know, paraphrasing, but she is essentially the headline is to say that she says she calls what he's doing karaoke. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay. And I actually posted it, you know, I shared it on my Facebook page and the conversation kind of started. And then the next day on Twitter, I see Bruno's name is trending, right? And it's this whole, I think it was another uh, YouTube show called The Grapevine uh, where they had a conversation and they were talking about you know Bruno Mars and you know cultural appropriation like he's doing black music uh, I guess I guess I didn't watch the whole thing but I'm assuming maybe they're saying like he's somehow like I don't know if stealing it is the word but it's not his culture and he's doing the uh. you know and, and I'm not going to be the one here fighting for Bruno Mars I, I ain't doing that I'm going to be the one fuck it that's know? fine <laughs> but, but but what I say this and what I was gonna say is that, uh, you know, first to go back to the Michelle thing and what I said on that, and I like her, like I have her first album to me has some cuts on it, like I legitimately bought that album. Now that's dating me because that was back in the nineties. I remember she came through. She came out under Madonna, right? She was on was it Sire Records. Yes. Or Maverick, Maverick. Records. Maverick, Maverick Records. Uh, that was Madonna's label. That was one of the first things Madonna put out. And on that one, she was like singing and some of she was like rapping, you know, if you really remember it back in the day. But she she was a dope bass player. And I've actually seen her live before, you know, dope, dope, art, dope musician. 
I'll be the first one to tell you. Um, but I, I here's my thing to about what she was saying. I kind of feel, as I said online, it's corny, and I explain. At her level of being in the game, she done been in the game over twenty years. Got multiple albums and all that good stuff. You know, I think the last thing that I remember her doing a few years ago, she was touring, doing exclusively like Prince covers on tour, right? Yes. Um, and again, they they were dope. She would do it her style or whatever. But now you have this dude, you know, you have Bruno Mars, who, you know, arguably is at the top of the game right now, you know, in terms of popularity. Obviously, he he done took home all the Grammys this last year. Uh, he's doing his thing. Now, he's been out for quite a while. You know, this is this is his third album, uh, but he's had countless hits before this album. Uh, he's written other hits for other people before this as well so he's been in the game for a minute he's certified but I think for her to come out and to have to be speaking about another artist that's popular it's not a good look to me when you are a a a person who's been in the game for a, a lot longer because you know she's getting probably more play than she's ever had in a while but it's not about her music it's about talking about the guy who's the man right now you know what I'm saying like the, the headline is about Bruno. And the conversation lingering from it is about him and what he means to the game, not about your album. So that's to me, like when you're an artist or somebody, you're putting your project out, you want the conversation to be about your record, your music, you know, particularly if you're like a real musician cat. So I think that she kind of got wrangled in by Billboard because they'll ask you these you know, these outlets are going to ask you these baited questions because they thinking they playing chess. Please believe they're not just throwing random shit out there and just to throw it on our website. That website is made to make money. It ain't here to be like, oh, let's just have a conversation. So, you know, and, the, and those interviews are not presented in raw form. Those interviews are edited for clicks. You know, oh, yeah. p- please believe that. <laughs> so this, that's probably why that question is the first thing in that written piece. It may not have been what they was first talking about, but again, this is made for paper. So I would think that if you were artists that have been in the game a long time, you got to know they going to ask me some stuff because they want to get me to say something crazy. The only reason they got me out here in the first place, I just keeping it 100. I'm a Michelle fan, but ain't nobody going to that website to read what she got to say unless it's something controversial, right? So they're going to try and find to get, you know, particularly when you sort of the quote unquote elder statesman or the late, you know, legacy artist, they always want to try and get you to say something crazy. And that's going to be the story. You know, uh, let's get the legend shitting on the young folks. That's going to be the story. So I think that she kind of should have navigated a little bit better to know that's the game that's being played. So when they ask you these types of questions that even if you wasn't trying to shit on the other artists, that's how they're going to play it. You know, you know how they're going to play. It. They're going to edit what you say and take the most salacious part and put that on front street. So I thought she should have had a little bit more game about herself and understood the dynamics at play because the media is going to get you out there saying something reckless. Right. And to me, again, the conversation sways about another person, not you. And then the money 
is just going to the clicks to billboard and they don't care. They're not going to put, you know, the rebuttal. I, I saw that she made a statement on Twitter to try and clean up what she really yeah. meant type of yeah. thing, but that ain't on the billboard headline. You know, the conversation just shifted. So, you know, you have to kind of be careful of that kind of stuff. And it, it, and another example would be the same way as uh, very funny comedian Faison, which I think is hilarious. But, you know, a few weeks ago back or in even longer, he'd be going on these podcasts and, and radio shows. And he's like, you know, kind of shitting on J Dave Chappelle, right? He's like, oh, Dave Chappelle ain't really that funny. You know, niggas didn't really fuck with Dave. White folks made, it, made him popular. Now we got on board. It's the same type of thing, right? He could be saying some truth. But when you go at the guy that's at the top and you're in the same field, it's going to play as you're hating or you're bitter. It could be the actual truth. But again, how does that serve what you doing? The, you know, the truth. Yeah, it's the truth. It, it may be the, a certain point of view, but you just look like you mad. Why, why, why are you speaking on him? Is the guy that's at the top of the chain speaking on you? No, he don't even care. I mean, not to say he don't care. He's not. He doing jokes. <laughs> he not talking about. Why this, you know, same way some of them cats go at Kevin Hart. Oh, he ain't really that funny. Yeah. Okay. And you're a comedian too? Well, is, is Kevin talking about you? Mm -mm. So, again, they only got you up there to shit on the dude at the top. It makes you kind of look like you bitter. And he's still cashing out arenas. Like it <laughs> so it doesn't really, you know, it, and it may be the truth on what you say. All the time, the truth ain't, you know what I'm saying? A smart man don't always just spit the truth for people who ain't ready for it, or it may be misconstrued the wrong way. I'm, 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 I'm long-winded here. The second part in terms of the cultural appropriation type stuff, here's, here's my thing. If you take the politics out of the conversation, you know, was Bruno Black or is he doing black music is cultural okay take that out of it for a second just play the records back to back which one's jamming Th that that's all you got is which one you which one's banging <laughs> okay he's doing pop you know r&b dance music or in the clubs or whatever and then you doing which one do people want to listen to not about well this person's actually playing the music that's cool uh, we're going to give you an A for effort and skill, but we're listening to the song. We're not listening to you play. We're not watching you play. So I just, just play me the song. Which one banging? So for me, my taste, Bruno Mars out banging. <laughs> like I'm playing, you know, them songs banging. Uh, yeah, what was it? Hey, I got the mama. <laughs> he jamming man I don't know oh, well, it sound like such a yeah he said it sound like such a day uh, you know the album came out two years ago let's be clear right came out in 2016 what year is it now 2018 and we live in a as Prince used to say artificial age where shit you know come and go so quick his album been banging for two years so there's that right and, and he just went in the Grammys now so they still been they've been banging his music for the last two years when it came out originally. If you go back and look at the conversation online. Oh, yeah. He kind of sound like he got some stuff that sound like Bobby Brown. This is new Jack Swing. So we already said that back then. So they ain't saying nothing new right now. 
Bruno Mars, if you go back to his statements, I'm doing black music. I give it all up to black people. That he said that is quotes. Babyface on this record. So <laughs> that ain't nothing new. But again, it's bang. Now, I want you to take, if you take Michelle's album, I haven't listened to it. It's not out, but take the, take the Waterfall single. I listened to it. It's good. Actually, really got, I like what she did with it. But my thing is this. That's a cover. It's, a, it's an admitted cover of a dope song, a classic song. Now, if I had a choice between listening to hers and TOC, you know, Dungeon Family production, Dungeon Family production is bang. That's what it is. And that song is, came out probably, what, 10, 20 years ago? It's okay. been a minute, yeah. So I, I get that. But the thing is, you know, you go into culture appropriation. What's stopping black artists, R&B, from doing what Bruno and them is doing? What's stopping them from saying, hey, you know what? Let's just do some Teddy Riley, man. Let's, let's give it up to Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and the time. Let's do that style. It's nothing stopping them. But unfortunately, a lot of cats, not everybody, cats is on that, you know, uh, like Chris Brown and, uh, you know, they damn near, you know, beat, the, pu- beat the pussy. Girl, I beat the pussy up. <laughs> and, you know, and talking crazy. And they like rappers. You know, it's trap, trap arm, trap and beat. That's what they, trap and beat. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's way out of control. You know, a few years back, a lot of R&B dudes was starting to do that, what they call it, EDM type of incorporating that type of stuff into their music, right? And was getting away from traditional, you know, semi-traditional R&B or what it was and was getting into more of that dance type of stuff where to me it seemed like it was getting more poppy and less soulful. And I think what ended up happening is brothers ran with that. They got their bubble busted when they started reaching for that audience because that audience was like, uh, y'all just doing. Y- you're doing what we already have. Brittany and all them already doing. We don't. Why? Or, you know, Justin. We don't. We're not gonna buy you doing it. We want y'all to do what y'all normally do because we follow you guys when it comes to R and B. But y'all starting to follow the watered down stuff, and you're losing the trend. You're yeah. losing what made R and B dope. And I think that's what happened. And so now you see you got cats like Bruno who was doing more poppy type stuff. But again, to be clear, he was actually doing hip hop pop type stuff. Because remember, a lot of his hits go back to CeeLo Green, F.U. And I thought it was you, baby. And all, you know, Bob was another rapper. So he he didn't know he's been doing all that other stuff. But when he just decides to change his own music and say, you know what, I'm a student of the game. I I grew up listening to Bobby and uh, you know I'll be sure and all that stuff. I'm doing my album like that. That's not banging. So he just went he went that route. Well, a lot of us wasn't wasn't messing with that music. Cast stopped paying attention to Teddy Riley, right? Didn't wasn't getting them last the last uh, Blackstreet album, and was jumping on a whole different going on that EDM stuff, leaving that alone. Y'all, y'all left backed the way off of uh, Neo Soul. So you got these cats. What's shit, what's man? Let's do some stuff like the time. That stuff is bang. They gonna snatch that. There's another group you should check out uh, called Tuxedo. 
uh, two white dudes. One of the cats I know, he's from Seattle. Uh, he's a big producer in hip hop. He produced a lot of uh, hip hop stuff for 50 Cent and other people in, in rap. But they put together a group. Nigga, it sounds straight out the 80s. Uh, banging. It's actually better than Bruno to me, but they're not, they just put it out themselves. They albums is cold. Like, you'd be like, again, and and I can already see somebody, oh, they just coach. Again, play their shit versus whoever you want to go get. That's a quote-unquote black record. And tell me which one's bang. Tell me which one got better songs, got hooks, the, the musicianship is on point. It sounds like it's that era. They'll th- they blow them out every time. They just dropped a new single. I didn't even know this until I looked yesterday. New single came out a couple days ago with Zap on it. And it sounds like it's some shit that could have came out from Zap. It's cold. And I'm like, well, if the white dude got his shit authentic and he's stamped by the real cats and it sound like and it's banging, I'm just going to go with what's banging. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, that's the deciding factor. What's 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 the jam? Uh, if you, I, I can't play. Beat him, girl. Beat that pussy up. I can't play that around my. <laughs> can't play that around my kids. Right? You, mean, you trying to tell me? Got to eat the booty like groceries? Isn't yeah. you? Can't, can't, can't play that around the kids, man. <laughs> it's 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 too crazy. You know that's vegan. You know right? Okay, hey, man. I'm not. I mean, I ain't mad at it. But I can't play that. That's not something you can't play with everybody. And it's just not as catchy. You know what I'm saying? Just it, it limit. It has a limited sort of thing. It's got to sit over here. But you know, R&B is not really supposed to really be like that. You know what I'm saying? Like R&B is supposed to be up, be enjoyed by everybody. It's it's the it's the thing that's always the stuff that they want to pull from. So when you start pulling from like hardcore hip hop or you know trap music. And you start pulling for stripper culture music, then you can't be mad if you know what I'm saying he's getting passed over because that they can't play that on the air. You know what I'm saying? They can't be the face of no movement. You eating booty? Talk about me eating booty. So anyway, yeah, go, going back much. to real quick, Russell, I'm just saying this: uh, is it cultural appropriation? Well, again, you'll spot the fakers from the real ones. Just by listening to the music, how they act in social media and different things and comments they make. Now, one thing I said about Bruno, you don't see him. He don't be doing no interviews. He rarely do interviews. He ain't. You don't ever see a lot of pictures of him out there doing it either on stage. Or I guess in the studio because you don't. He ain't out there like that. He just strictly doing no. doing his music. Uh, he ain't in a whole bunch. Of, he had one scandal years ago where they got caught him with some coke. After that, I guess he's just like, man, buck that. Let me go get my money and stay out these streets. Or keeping it well hidden, whatever the case is. Uh, But he's just doing his music. Um, You know, it goes back to me. I was watching a a concert of uh, Hall & Oates yesterday on on YouTube. Uh, Them dudes, they was official, man. I was watching that now. It was a concert from 1985 or something like that from New York. Them cats was thorough, man. Like they was had that pop stuff, but then they had that seventies R and B shit. The, the 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 joints that they had in the eighties, you couldn't. Would they if they came out today and they, if they came out with, uh, I can't go for that. 
down, down, down. Would they be calling that appropriation too? Like they was the joint. We we was banging that back. You, you can't tell me older black folks was not jamming them songs. I remember I was a kid. My dad and them, they was bumping that stuff. <laughs> you could hear that. In the, oh yeah, them holding those. I, I didn't even know they was waiting till I saw the video. It's like, oh okay, that official. That shit, it's banging. Uh, Ken, what was my man? What a fool believe. Michael McDonald. McDonald. <laughs> tell you, see. <laughs> you tell, <laughs> yeah, you go tell me he appropriating it. It, it banging. The fact that the fact that churches use taking it to the street as a newsletter music, ridiculous. Yeah, and it's a it, you know one of his songs is a is a G funk anthem, right? Regulators, boom, 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 boom. I mean, Daz beat, huh? Uh, is that a, I said was no, that Daz beat? Uh, that's that's uh, what's more in G, but I mean I'm just saying like, cats been doing their thing. The legit cats they always been around. They didn't have the internet back then, so you oh they. You know, the poly, it wasn't all political. Now, there was their conversation about it. Yeah, but those cats was real. Like, them, you can't question. You can listen to their records. We was bumping them before we even knew what they looked like. If To be honest, I know Mark will remember when Madonna first dropped, we all thought she was black. Before the videos came out. I'll go a step further. Bobby Caldwell. Oh, th- there you go. Perfect example. Perfect example. Official. <laughs> he blew I don't know what to- yeah, I know he was right till like 1992. <laughs> okay. I didn't know it was until earlier this year. I saw my man clowning it on the YouTube video. I was like, "What?" You just assumed that was some old black man. With <laughs> listen, so and and you know the the last part I will say is, man, if that's cultural appropriation, is it cultural appropriation when Dr. Drainer made the chronic? Was it cultural appropriation? When we took James Brown's music, if it's dope, it's dope. They didn't play the music, but they recognize, yo, that sound is dope. Let's bring that sound back and make it hot. And them Dr. Dre and them said, yo, I don't play no music. I don't play no instruments, but I know what's dope. I'm going to get that old funkadelic parliament stuff. Nigga, we're going to rap over this. And we breaking, we taking a sound that a lot of people kind of forgot and we're going to make it hot again. And they did, right? It was classic albums. Career spawned off of that. So to me, if some of these cats were smart, they would see like now is the time that the 80s, 90s, particularly that 80s funk, that 80s R&B stuff, that's what's, that can pop right now. It's, it's separated enough where that's, that's, this is the era to pull that and to bang it out. So instead of running toward, you know, that same old style EDM trap beats on R&B, you might want to go ahead and go listen to your forefathers, which for y'all young folks would be that, you know, Jimmy Jam, Prince, Gap Band type shit and go on and leech off of that and get you get your hits <laughs> because that's what every generation is always sort of grabbed from the previous one and flipped it in one answer. I think this is a prime example. Don't let cats like Bruno be the ones that be like, well, y'all, y'all going on over here? I'm going to go over here and do what I know it works. I'm going to let y'all argue it out, but I'm going to get the, you know, he's standing in the picture with the Grammys. So while they arguing, oh, he got all the Grammys and the, the world tour is selling out. 
And as, as, as that guy on uh, Afronaut always say, can you compete? Now, the church is, Pastor Dean is going to step off because he even ran his mouth for the last 15, 20 minutes. Uh, big sexy, man. What are your thoughts on all this stuff? Wait, hold on. What was that? <clears throat> I got sidetracked for a moment. <laughs> okay, this is what I'm thinking. First of all, uh, I don't like when people, and this is everybody, goes to another person and says, hey, you shouldn't play that music because you look like XYZ. No. If a person is digging a music genre, for lack of a better word, and they dig it authentically and they play it, shut up. Let them do what they do. You know, uh, and I've said for years that back when BET was an actual thing that played music, did you ever see Fishbone on it? No. Did you ever see Living Color on it? No. You know, how many people right now getting behind Gary Clark Jr.? Not a lot. You know, because he plays the music that, you know, some people think he should not, quote-unquote, be playing. I don't think it's appropriation, not saying it doesn't happen. Uh, the most glaring example I can think about is when, oh, what is her name? Jessica Simpson tried to do a country album, and the whole country community collectively shit on it because it was terrible, because that's not what she does. You know, if, if you're doing what you do, hey, do it. If you're doing something that you, you know, genuinely dig, do it. If you're doing something to try to exploit a new audience because your shit is not hidden, tell them, tell them moving. I don't think Bruno does that. Well, yeah, and I would say if you're doing it to exploit something, but your shit is better than the, the cast doing it, do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, again, when they drop it, when they push play, that's going to decide is the shit dope or not. Uh, because you can't listen to the politics when the jam come on it's just gonna be the jam so whatever the ulterior motive is it really is irrelevant is this shit popping you know uh that's my point like like the michelle denicello thing in 20 years where are the tribute covers of your work see that's the real question you can't you can say whatever you want to say but you've been in the game just as long as those people you've been covering and now you're doing covers that they work. So who's doing covers of yours, right? That's the true test because we can talk all kind of what, but at the end of the day, the people will decide. And so until I see, go on YouTube and I see all these people covering such and such music, eh, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, <laughs> man. Huh? <laughs> Where the proof at? I, my man Daz got a song that man, fuck that talking. Let's be about that action. Where the proof at? What you talking about? You can go in there and see people doing covers of some Bruno's material. Where are they doing covers of yours? You know what I'm saying? Where, that's the legacy. So you doing covers of Prince? Where, where are the young artists covering you? The influence, right? Where's the where's the where's the influence and the songwriting? ability where you just can't get your song out their head that that's all i be talking about so people can oh well you know, ain't real musicians oh, oh okay that's cool uh, are they singing your shit do you know how to write a song that can touch people uh because i'd be like listen you can take the most obscure funny type music but i know that uh, i can always 
at the end of the day, I, this is how I know somebody know how to write a song, whether it's ridiculous or not. Hey, we want some. Okay. And see, you know, I'm, but, <laughs> but, but as absurd as that is, like it's catchy like that. That's It's been probably almost 30 years since that came out. People still sing it. Now, anyone who's talking crazy, go repeat me their song that everybody would identify and know. And it's like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, man, let's do a cover. Of the, nah, then it's all bullshit. That's when you got to watch a lot of people be talking some stuff. Show me their legacy. Bring their, bring their receipts up. Show me the influence. Oh, but I know how to do a quarter note. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, as a great uh, DJ quick, got a song. but can you sell it? Like, do you have what it takes to move the people and to push the, push the needle forward that you don't change the game? How many times when people be complaining, how did they change the game? Right. You've been in the game 20 years. Dial me back to when you came out and you changed the game and everybody followed you. We'll wait. And a lot of them don't have the answers for that because they didn't. So they have to spend more time getting their craft together and reaching people and letting the work speak as opposed to their mouth. And that, that can go. That goes to anything anybody say about. No, we Same with me. Anybody can say what they want. OK. You can talk it, but show me the work that proves it. There it is. So, you know. Do you have receipts? Yeah. Where, where's the proof at? Everybody can talk a good game. Well, yeah, he didn't. Okay, cool. Where that? Play it. <laughs> show me the time in history when they came out and everybody followed well, see, and if they start giving you some excuses, well, it was on indie, and then, man, shut up. Fuck yeah, okay. Then fuck oh, okay. Don't give me that. I don't want to hear that. So you can't really hate on and, and the same thing, whether it's the Migos or whoever else that I may not be feeling. If they got people lined up to to to, to celebrate and the jamming of it, then it ain't for me, it's for them. It, I would look corny speaking on it in a in a down way because in the, the day, it ain't for me. Uh don't mean those people don't love it. And they got proof to show you. Well, hey man. Technically, we do got to say, okay, hey, I will. Who am I to say? Where my work? Well, who's a, who should they be listening to and why are they not? Oh, well, because, you know, the labels, they don't, they don't want me. Okay, well, sure. You know, we don't want to hear excuses. We want to hear the jam. So when you got artists coming out, you shouldn't be on talking about this and that. Just play the music. Let it let that decide what's popping. Uh, and then we'll be like, oh, and the, and the listeners are going to decide that. You know, uh, and again, the Bruno Bruno is in a time where his is not like it was back in the day where they could just force a song down your throat, per se, because I don't think a lot of people listen to the, to the radio like that. No, no. no. So and there ain't no music video channels. It's just YouTube. And they can't force no YouTube video on you. <laughs> Right, so some of the stuff is just gonna be hitting if it's good. Like, there's no way his album would be going strong after two years if it was on some bullshit. Not in today's climate, because they don't have the control over the over the sound like that. You know, if that was the case, Justin Timberlake would be dominating the game right now, right? He just came off the Super Bowl. They had a big push behind it, but do you see any conversation about his record? Zero. It's bullshit. <clears throat> it ain't banging, so ain't nobody talking about it. No. And Pooh. 
Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just joking. I'm over here. All heated up and stuff. It's ridiculous. <laughs> nah, because I, I watched that whole video clip on the grapevine. And I'm, I'm going to say this. Send your hate mail to me. Why the hell are black women so pissed the fuck off? Uh-oh. They're the ones pushing this whole thing. If you watch that video, they're the ones that are just going at Bruno Mars. And to me, I have to keep asking the question, what, what is he doing? What the fuck do you want from him? What the fuck should he be doing? Because Bruno Mars, because they want to say that, well, Bruno Mars gets to do black music that's more acceptable to white people because they all sell black music from non-black people. And I'm like, that to me is quite BS because of the fact that James Brown was hidden. Michael Jackson, the Jackson 5 was hidden. Diana Ross was hidden. All these Prince was hidden. All of these black artists were Jay-Z. Who is the number one music artist in the world today? Can you guys take a guess? Beyonce? Isn't she black last time I checked? I Isn't believe she- so, yes. Isn't she doing black music? Well, that's because she's a part of the Illuminati. Come on. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> so how are they trying to say white people only want black music if it's not from black artists? When the number one artist in the world is a black woman doing black music. So to me, it's just that they just have an issue with uh, Bruno Mars. And Bruno Mars was hitting before he made this pivot to funk music. So if he if he changed up his style, he went from being number one to being one B. Because Beyonce became Beyonce. Well, I don't say became Beyonce, but really solidified herself as number one. So I don't see what the anger is and I don't understand why what he should be doing. Uh going back to his question though, you know, I think the thing one of the things is and I'm not well, I'll say this. <clears throat> there is no, uh, n- you know, no arguable black R&B pop star right now. And that's been missing for a while. Right. To me, there's always there was always the one person. Of course, Michael had that on lock for many years. You know, years. Prince. Yeah. Um, and then I think it shifted, you know, sort of when the younger energy came through uh, and particularly, you know, new addition came through and that sort of splinter, you know, Bobby Brown became that guy. You know, Bobby was that black R&B, you know, pop dude that was hitting, you know what I'm saying? It was not just a black thing, it was pop. And then it sort of goes from that lineage. It went to, you know, just top of my head, I think. I want you know there was Usher, you know Usher descendant from a from a Bobby Brown. Usher was that man. You remember when Usher was hitting? He was the top dude for a minute there, and then it started to change because you had the, the you had the groups that was really uh, the descendants of New Edition, the the New Street on what was it New Kids on the Block, in yep. sync. And so when that degrees, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And when that splinter again, that lane came open. Well, who was going to be the next pop dude? You know, R and B dude, but it was pop. You know, that became you know Justin Timberlake jumped into that position. You know, he transitioned out like a like a Bobby almost and became that that guy for a second. 
But yeah, you had the you had, you, had, you know Timberlake, and then I think for a second it was about to be a Chris Brown. But then when he yeah, had that thing with Rihanna, he did his thing. Yep, it was he's a rap. And I don't think you really ever had another person that came up and took that mantle. You know, Justin came back again. And then you just sort of have these different things. And I think Bruno is it now. He has that crown now. He was just on a pop thing. But then he transitioned to say, you know what? That that lane is about is supposed to be that person that has the R&B and pop. R&B type singer was supposed to, in my opinion, was always the dominant person in music. There was always that one person who crossed genres. And it was legitimate for both ways. It was rarely not a black person who did that. So I think we've seen because of the di- uh, the, di- the dynamics of the game, you are seeing, okay, Bruno, he's a safe, and I'm going to say, he's a safe pick. He's not threatening. No, he's very, very safe. And for other mainstream audiences, it's easy to fall in love with his presentation because, again, I think as we have gotten so politicized and, and the messages are so real right now, they don't is more comfortable dealing with him because there's really not a chance for him to probably to be singing a song about Black Lives Matter or some of these other cultural things that are going on in America where if he's got that spot, he's got a very powerful position. And if he was to change his tone and say, I'm going to make a pop song that's actually speaking about these things over here, they'd be forced to deal with it because if the song was banging again, ain't got no choice but to play it, but then questioning the content. And I think Bruno offers them a way out of saying, you know what? (laughs) Make sure we sort of keep the pulse on him, but to Bruno's strengths, he's a remarkable songwriter. And knows, and he's actually very, very talented and good. So it's just perfect. Where I think the black R&B dude, again, I think it sort of shifted into some of the EDM things. And there was a splinter with the Neo Soul stuff. And I think the younger cats probably were raised on more hip-hop than they were R&B and its influences. And I would think some of these artists are more influenced by things they saw rappers do in songs and so it transitioned into what they started singing you know it, it just sounded like a, a rapper singing and the, the subject matter was about those sort of things and the younger person who may have the energy to be that top person is just not there uh, again Chris Brown has been sidelined what was the other guy Troy something or he sang Troy. that he, he, he did that the tribute to Prince that one time and Prince was in the stand, you know, standing out there with Shelby and they was clowning because he was singing Purple Rain or something. Y'all are, I know your listeners already know what I'm oh, talking about. Geez. Um, but he didn't make it. He wasn't going to be the one either. No. Uh, no. Because these guys, they don't have the songs to back it up. And again, the outside stuff, it gets too much drama. Unfortunately, they're not gonna, they, didn't, they didn't last. So here's the guy who can, who, who's doing it, right? So I think there's a lot of people miss that. They want to see that you know that masculine energy black man that's at the top but unfortunately it's not really there and then some of these other guys it's it's not an outwardly masculine energy you know they tried to pump 
I'm not gonna say they tried to fool him, but you know, you had your Frank Oceans, right? He could have probably he's kind of being pushed in that position, but it doesn't have it's a it's a different type of energy. Uh the music isn't all the way there in terms of the smash hits traditionally R and B singing. And you know, again, I think people I I, I going back to what Ant was saying about black women, I'm not saying it's the the answer. But I know that there's a desire to see that traditionally masculine uh, man that that's out there jamming and doing his thing on that R&B pop level. And it's just not necessarily there. Uh, it, it isn't hip hop. But I think even in hip hop, they're sort of trying to transition that into some really younger. Uh, I don't yeah. even know these cats names, man. They look crazy to me and they be talking wild and reckless. But they even tra- transition it away from the. A Kanye or a Jay Z, some of these traditional type of rap dudes are sort of being pulled out of the picture as well, and not being spotlighted uh, as they should. But to me, we we're not supporting all of our artists as probably as good as we should, and we're looking for the mainstream to give us a signal that this is the hot person. And I just think the mainstream is only is not going to give you that signal of who you want it to be at this point. Uh, and, and until we stop relying on the cosign from the mainstream of, oh, that's legitimate, then we're going to always be mad because that's not those days are over. You know, we, we're supposed to be the ones that set the trends, not the other way around. And, uh, you know, I don't know. That's to me where, where it was going. But. Uh, well, it's unfortunate that we lost Ant for this portion uh, because you and I were talking off air about you know my own fully admitted lack of knowledge of EDM and a lot of their artists you know you know in particular a lot of these DJs who I every time I look up online I'm seeing them in these giant venues. Um, what's my my man uh, Steve Ioki? He's throwing a sheet cake in the audience, and I'm like, what are you doing? I, I don't get it. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm saying I don't get it. You know, if you're going to play somebody else's music, I'm going to come spend money to watch you do that and not, you know, be involved to hear something new or see a show. I'm like, well, dude, you know, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But I'm not ripping it. I'm not saying it ain't shit. I'm saying I don't get it. And that's okay because, you know, in Michelle's uh, tweet, she's like, look, you know, Bruno isn't my thing. But that's okay. You know, so it's okay to have different, you know, competing, not competing, but differing opinions on things. Everybody doesn't have to like everything. True. True. Yeah, you know, and and I'm not shitting on her because, like I said, mad talented. I I just think she'd be better suited, you know. Yeah, focus on her own stuff. Well, and I would say that, and and to actually, but make a song out of what you, uh, out of that. You know what I mean? That's what they, that's how they used to do. You're like, you don't say it in the press. Don't put that in a song. You know, I think Prince did that geniusly just even on his last few records. Our artificial age is really, a, you know, to me is like t- saying, you know what? In today's world, these cats up here don't even really deserve to be on these platforms and, and, and performing. But it's an artificial time. You know, people can just come in. We ain't got no talent. And, and they, they getting put on. But he didn't he went outright saying no interviews. He put it in a song in a very clever, 
slick way in a, in a you know a genius creative artistic way which is how you're supposed to do it you know what i'm saying so that's how, that's what i would say you know make a make a whole concept album about that then if you you know what i'm saying if that's how you feel and then that way ain't about no talk you actually showing genius artistic ability by addressing an issue in art i think part of the problem not problem but part of the uh I don't say disconnect, I guess, with Michelle's statement is the timing. You know, you have an album coming out full of covers and you're calling somebody out for being, quote, a karaoke. It's like, really? Come on now. You know, you got to have your own stuff out there first. Like you said, is your stuff popping? It must not be popping to that extent because you're doing an album of covers, which is cool. But, you know, let's, uh, let's not get caught up in the whole Billboard magazine quote trap which is which is what exactly happened mike you called it right on the head man yeah man we don't you know that's why I, you know i i, I talk about prince obviously we, we do that but he didn't really come he wasn't he would never like comment on nobody they would ask him about well, who do you think is you know hidden right now you, me the album i just did with andy allo you know what i mean it's like, but he never would say nothing he would just say i respect all of the other stuff, but you know, I'm focused on what I'm doing over here right now. This this is my new project, man. And he was very, you know, that's a smart way to do it because it don't. It's just gonna make you look funny to some of these youngins that don't really understand who you are, or they're gonna be like feeling like you coming at them, and that ain't no way how you uh, gain new listeners is by shitting on something that they like. Exactly. You know, because I mean, keep it one thousand. There was a lot of people who could have came at Prince back in the day, but they didn't. You know, you don't see James Brown wasting no time talking. Ah, these young nigga ain't doing, doing me, man. Stealing everything. He, he said, hey, man, salute them young men. Let me show you. Probably let me give you some tips so you can make it better. You know, salute to you. That's how the, that's how the elders, statesmen in the game is. Even if you see something, he's like, ah, that's not really popping. You're supposed to get at them on the, on the low. You know, behind it, you don't get out in the press talking greasy or how it could be perceived as being greasy but again you know we live in a different time and you know everybody got an opinion as they do but everyone don't have you know humility sometimes and their ego get out of whack and so everybody's got to run their mouth or everybody got to give their truth even if you know again a smart person knows there's there's a time and place for everything you saw somebody on the street if I seen a young man on the street and you know he was out there acting a fool, I'm not gonna sit there and blast him in front of everybody. You need to get your stuff together, young man. What you doing? He looked like a thug out here. I'm not gonna say that in front of everybody, like on the bus. If I had the balls enough and fortitude, I may holler after he got off the bus. Hey, my man, can I holler at you for a second? What's up? Are you good? All right, that's what's up, man. Hey, man. You know what I'm saying? And then try to build with it like that. So he don't feel like I'm coming at him crazy and not hear what I'm saying. And I'm not playing him out in front of everybody else. You know, exactly. Because I don't need yeah. my ego stroke to look like I'm sunning somebody. That That's corny. That's what I'm saying. Why it's corny. <laughs> right. Because that ain't how it really supposed. To, you ain't really trying to help them. You would never you never clown a person to try to sun them in, in the public. If you really cared about them. you wouldn't do your kids like that. A real parent wouldn't be out there. You know, that's why you see these parents. That's what I'm saying. It's a different time. When parents be filming them, 
kids, discipline their kids and put it on, on online, that's sucker shit. That's not a real parent. A real parent would whoop your ass <laughs> and maybe film it so they can show you later, but I wouldn't go out and embarrass and humiliate my kid to everybody. What's he going to learn from that? This is make me look like I'm, oh, you were real, you know, it's just from my ego, right? So that's, that's to me what it looked like to me. That's why I don't really co-sign that kind of stuff. And the words of star suck shit. But anyway. And Pooh. Yes, sir. Let me say something, man. I am never, I'm going to look at you in a totally different light. Because Ann ain't playing. <laughs> okay, let's just. I'm gonna just leave it at that. Ann is not playing. He be laughing, joking on the show, but in but we got a glimpse of the real Ann at home. Tight ship. So I, we all good. Yeah, yeah, we good. We good. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> okay, so one of the questions I have to ask is I don't know if it got mentioned, but regarding he's doing the music that black people aren't getting the accolades for. For example, they're saying he's doing Bobby Brown. He's doing Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. He's doing uh, uh, Teddy Riley. They, say they didn't get any awards. But my question is, is why are we keep saying the Grammys are racist? We keep saying they don't represent what really is talent. They even pointed in that video, they pointed to the fact that Prince didn't have an album of the year award. So my thing is, is like how out of one pocket you're saying, after Grammys, they don't they ain't getting it right. But another kid said, "Well, f Bruno Mars because he's getting Grammys." You you contradicting yourself. And at the end of the day, I haven't heard Jimmy Jam and Lewis. I haven't heard Teddy Riley. I haven't heard well maybe Bobby Brown, <laughs> but I haven't heard them talking about they broke, which means they made money off of their music. Bruno Mars isn't taking. This isn't like back in the fifties and sixties when you had Elvis and the Beach Boys taking. Uh, Chuck Berry's song uh, and making millions of dollars off of it when he got paid h- h- tens of thousands. They made their money off it. And he's not, he might be sampling, but it has to get cleared and they're getting their cut. I believe, uh, was it not, I think it was for Uptown Funk. Didn't he give a writing credit to one of the Gap Band members? I believe he did, yes. Yeah. So, not only is he bring supposedly bringing his funk back to a new generation, but it's, forget giving praise, forget giving recognition. He breaking bread. Exactly. He he giving songwriting credits. I mean, Uptown Funk did what five million singles, I believe. Charlie Wilson is like, man, I, I can say what y'all want. I thank you, Bruno Mars. Thank you. So I, I'm I'm just totally at a loss for words at. And I think you you made a point of this. Who's doing this type of music today? They people are pivoting to what they think is hot, trying to go to the mainstream. He doing something different, so follow along with him. And lastly, what I say is, why are black people so obsessed with getting the recognition of white people? I, I to me it just baffles my mind. If white people aren't, as they would say, fucking with our music, so be it. We can still. There's a report, black, the black community in America, $1.3 trillion. Black artists do not need white people to be checking for them to be successful if the black community would support their music. That's what I have to say. 
yeah, and you know, uh, listen, go to a jazz concert. Tell me who you see in the audience. Go to a blues Damn. show. Go to a blues show. Tell me who you see in the audience. Nigga, go to uh, a KRS One Public Enemy, Eric B and Rakim concert, and tell me who you see in the audience. So until mm. we start supporting our own stuff, uh, listen. <laughs> Again, you can say what you want to say, but the receipts and the proof. Is it is what it is. So we're not supporting these legacy acts and genres like we're supposed to. And if they be the ones that's gonna come, hey man, I gotta eat. So that's all that is, man. So they can appropriate, isn't that? Where were they at the Roots concert? Where were they at? At uh, they ain't there. They don't even bother. They don't. Oh, I don't want to hear no jazz. Yeah, but these 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 are the legends right here. Ah. Uh, when the Migos coming? Oh God! When is Cardi coming? Man, why I always gotta go to the Migos? The Migos ain't well, they, the number well, one act. Come on! Well, man. they one of the biggest groups right now. That's that's facts. I'm not and I'm not shitting on them. I salute them. They getting their money. I'm just saying we have traditional genres that we started that we still have black performers in, but there's not black people going to these shows. And this is how these people eat. So you can't be talking about corporal cultural appropriation when you don't support your own culture. Right? It don't make no sense. You know, it, it's just one talking. of my one of my clients uh, promotes a lot of uh, old school R and B shows. And you're right, Mike. You know, you look at the audience out there, yeah, you're right. You know, it shouldn't be where you, oh, yeah, uh, you know, naming these classic blues or B.B. King. Black folks, ain't, we ain't going to them shows and numbers. Stop lying. <laughs> but, but Buddy Guy's going to be here on the 22nd. And I, uh, I, I believe Anthony used the word floss. I'm going to floss now. I spoke to their manager and got a, you know, all access and sound check for my uh, mentor, but I'm going to go with him to the show. And from what I'm seeing, same thing, same thing. Yeah, I would dare say, go to a George Clinton concert right now. Who you yep. think's going to be there? <laughs> it was a damn shame, but I guarantee you, probably even more. Oh well, we can't afford it. Stop it! You just. Black Panther just won one billion dollars in what three weeks? Don't tell me what we can't afford to do. Yep, afford to do all kinds of shit. So yes. that's why that's why the game is, and that's why hip hop is basically you know, it's change. I'm not gonna say change hands, but you know the audience is different. Uh, and again, we're not supporting our our own acts. So what are they gonna do? Now, and I will say this. I'm, I'm gonna throw this challenge to my to my uh, Minneapolis uh, funk artists, classic Minneapolis music artists. We want to hear that Minneapolis funk sound. As, I'm talking about Prince fans and stuff. I, I'm not saying for everybody, but I would have bet the majority of us they want to. We want to hear that man. That's what we be playing. That's what we want to hear. 
Now you see they had what Uptown Funk and everybody, well, that ain't nothing but the Morris. True. And, and that was one of the biggest songs that came out in a few years, right? Then he had his other little song that came out. Another big one kind of had that same sound. My thing I'm trying to understand is why why are the guys who I would I wouldn't even care what they charge. I'm buying it on instinct. Where's Jesse's album? Uh, Andre Funk album, Morris. Where are they? Because this is the sound that's popping. They want to be like y'all. Can y'all just give me that? Like, I'm ready. I got money. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is obviously we ain't the only ones who want that either. <laughs> so I don't. I'm, I'm gonna say as a challenge. I know y'all want to do your own musical things. I get all that, but. Listen, man, it ain't that hard. <laughs> it ain't rocket science. You, even if you just did one or two songs and drop them online, we be banging those, man. We begging for that funk. And let's face it, online is the way to distribute now anyway, so just put it out there. Yeah, and we go to the shows, but we ready, man. Don't let them other cats take all your sh- take <laughs> take your stuff. Cause we give you the money, but you got to give us the product, man. Who, who Who's the plug right now? Bruno the plug. <laughs> he's supplying the streets so I don't so I mean hey man let's let's do this man shit but anyway I don't even talk about the shit no more <laughs> um pivot real quick to uh Black Panther as I just mentioned they just crossed that billion dollar mark man that's crazy that's that's a, I mean that's a salute salute to Marvel Ryan Coogler, Chadwick, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Michael B. Jordan, uh, Angela Bassett. They did the damn thing, man. They doing Star Wars numbers. And and at a quick pace. <laughs> so, sky's the limit, man. I, I, I'm, I guess I said this between y'all, and I'm gonna, I'll say it here on the show. I personally believe... Avengers Finity War ain't gonna see that type. It's gonna see major success. Don't get me wrong. It's gonna blow it out. But I have a feeling it's not gonna be on the level it is. Black Panther. In terms of money. I could be well, wrong. Could be wrong. As, as long as it's not on the level quality wise of Thor Ragnarok, I'm good. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I said it. I watched it last night and it was like, what the hell is this? That was some bullshit. So that's funny. I, so I just ended up, you know, and I kind of went in on that movie when we did the review, but I went ahead and bought it. And for what I actually changed my opinion a little bit. It's an enjoyable movie for what it is. It, it's a total shift from the other movies. But as a jokey and, you know, what it does. I was like, this is a, I can, I said, this is a good movie. It's just told it's totally different than the other ones. But I actually like it a little bit more now that I sit back and really watched it a couple of times. I was like, ah, it's okay. I, you know, I, I, I can I can watch this over and over. Now I'm curious to see how they play Thor going forward. Yeah, because he's like a buffoon or something. Like I don't. They may have to kill him in the MCU because I can't take that shit. <laughs> he may have to go because yeah. that is Thor. If anything, Aquaman is more Thor than Thor. Hilarious. You know, on screen at least. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, I don't know. That's, that's the thing with this is that they can have these, uh, these movies are sort of all sometimes done totally different to, to do whatever works. But what happens when it does work and then his character is different and he's got to, you got to put him back in the team dynamic. But there's already a, we've already got jokey guys in there. Like how many more jokey characters can you have? So, uh, I can't wait to see infinity where I will tell you, I'm hyped as hell to see this movie. Cause they didn't start the hype machine up and starting to see, you know, stuff about it. And I just, I cannot wait to see how they incorporate all of these superheroes into this movie. You know, I know Marvel can, they have done it before, but I feel like this one is even more because it's like, okay, they've introduced way more heroes since the last Avengers movie. Uh, it's just, we still haven't as an audience, you still don't know much about Thanos. So they've got to, you've got to give us his story in this movie that we understand what he's trying to do and all that. It's going to be very interesting how, and if, how they play it all together. You got the space stuff, earth stuff, and now you have like Wakanda's and all that. It's going to be interesting, man. So. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked by that billion dollar threshold. I thought that it wouldn't get there. Uh, I've tried to uh, dismiss it, so to speak, that, you know, the first two weeks, that was a lot of the black people rushing out because they made it a, an event experience. And I thought that it would taper off and go to. So, that wasn't me this time. That wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would taper off and get to Thor and uh, Spider-Man levels, but damn, it, it did a billion. And most impressively, it did it before it got to China and I think, was it Korea or Japan? Did it? No, no, I think it was China and Korea it hadn't debuted in, so wow, tip your hat to them. Yeah, yeah, actually, it has came out in China, I, I want to say it was this past week. I think it did 40 or 60 million over there first week, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, I think I saw a recent interview with Kevin Feige where it's, you know, going forward, you know, Wakanda is the sort of anchor point for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> and, and he'd be a fool not to say that. Because <laughs> uh, that's their biggest. Uh, he'd be a fool not to be like, yeah, we gotta make sure this is in deep. Because, again, I think what this movie does with the other ones, I, it, it's like that, though, as I said in, in the music thing. It's the R&B pop dude who can live in both worlds and grab more money. This movie is not only the blockbuster regular, but it is, you know, sort of cultural black person's event movie, too. Right. So you got all of that galvanizing toward this one thing. And I think that's what makes it. It's, it's Star Wars, because, again, Star Wars is the same thing. It is a regular box office thing but star wars into itself is a cultural phenomenon so you meld the two of those together yeah it's it's doing more numbers than your average movie was and i think black panther is sitting in that space it's a great movie and it's attached to this cultural phenomenon thing you, you can't lose with that and if they do it right that can be a, a major cash cow every two years Right. And can just keep building. It can be the next, like I say, it can be the next Star Wars franchise. I mean, you can have regular MCU and you can have these and, you know, OK, we go the Black Panther ones. 
they on that up, you know, that's we tapped into something right here. Make sure that's done proper, you know. And so, yeah, you would say, yeah, that's the anchor point <laughs> because, you know, the, the Robert Downey Juniors and all that, they they laid the foundation. But they we, we can't afford to make a Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man movie. And uh, they didn't have the foresight to understand that then. They know now, ain't no damn way in hell. They're going to be like, Chadwick and them going to be like, we need to get more paper. Well, they done probably already signed him into a four or five picture deal just off of coming on Civil War, right? So they locked in. They they know they locked in for a few years. We ain't got, okay, cool. Do you think Chadwick can make a power play knowing that uh, there'd be hell to pay if they replaced him if he asked for a restriction of that contract? Uh, of course he could. He definitely could. I think he could. And he'd he, be crazy not to. Now, again, the the story of Black Panther could could play to explain why it would be a different person. Because, <laughs> like, well, somebody else took the throne. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we again, but I feel you. Yeah, it, it'll be he. he's going to be in. He's in a great position. Of course, he's in a position to say, hey, man, I am the face of Black Panther, you know. Uh, but we know at Marvel, man, they, the money at the end of the day, the money of the world, they'll, they'll be like, listen, we can do a world of Wakanda movie. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just have you co-star in these pitches. Yeah, Chad <laughs> is not Terrence Howard. He can definitely, uh, he he's needed around there. Yeah, and it doesn't help when you got so many people saying, yeah, you know, Chadwick really wasn't the star. T'Challa wasn't the star of the movie. Right. It was really about the Dora Milaje. It was really about Killmonger. So Bob Iger would be like, yeah, you hear what they say? We don't need you. Well, nah, yeah, I, I mean, they would, but, I, but, it, but it goes to show that, I mean, the movie's bigger than one person. End of the day. Uh, I don't think it ever get to that. He would be a fool to not want to be a part of that over some money you know what i mean because it's gonna i mean that's a that's a you can be cashed out man you know that you're gonna be that dude for just what, what would be the difference if you well i want 40 million versus they're gonna give me you know 10 or 15 yeah but now if they if they don't give you the money you don't get nothing and you can't honestly believe it, they're not gonna have another movie anyway they got billions riding on this believe me they'll put somebody else in that and market the hell out of it and convince everybody that eh, if they can do batman like that they can do you like that that's true so, watch them resurrect uh killmonger he was right there you go. yeah <laughs> that would be hilarious they did james bond like that oh yeah 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 the, the, we always know the characters always be same with robert downey and i agree he is that dude but nothing lasts forever Nothing lasts forever. No, as a matter of fact, gentlemen, speaking of which, it's one thirty. I got to head out. Oh, yeah. Going down to San Francisco for my Michelin star experience. Yeah, man. Enjoy. Hope you, I hope you get food poisoning. Damn. The haterade is strong I, with I them. I guess so. <laughs> put it on like that. Well, man, have a good time, man. Again, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you, brothers. And uh, I will speak to you guys later. Yes, sir. Best wishes, yes, sir. sir. All right. Well, we'll I think we got. Uh, we will start to wrap this up. Any? Uh, no. Did you have another something else you wanted to bring up? Well, there, there was the those root articles and uh, the grid article, um, kind of late past where. 
they wrote this think piece on how black men in particular uh, going with Killmonger shows. Sorry about that. Sorry. Shows what? Oh, he just cut out. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. My bad. I'm sorry. I thought I was unmuted. Um, there's a root and agree article, of course, written by James Johnson. I can't stand that guy who said anybody that supports Killmonger was in that Killmonger was right camp is hates black women. And it's just, wow. I just can't understand how they can find, they can use anything, even Black Panther, to advance the narrative that black men are trash. But hey. Yeah, I don't have much to say on it. I mean, it's a movie. Uh, I can understand why people would identify with the character. That doesn't mean that you co-sign him, you know, shooting down black women in a movie or fighting them. But because, you know, to me, the character, he was just far gone. But I understand why he was fighting for what he was fighting for and and what made him into that. But that don't mean that, oh, yeah, I said, I don't, I don't love black women. What? You know, it's that either or now, either or type of mentality that's just ridiculous to me. Um, you know, just trying to prove a point. Yeah. You know, and again, clickbait. It's, to me, it's clickbait. I mean, that, that article is written to get, to get clicks on that page, on that site. That site is not there for free. It's a it's a business corporation, so everything they do is for money. So with that, when I know that, whatever they say is eh, whatever. Unless that dude actually be out, maybe on Twitter or is on TV, actually talking these talking points, and that's where he lives, then yeah, I give us okay, cool. I understand your viewpoint, but you know, just some op-ed piece on a you know advertising website. I take it for what it is, and it ain't black owned either, so. It's like okay, and that's the key. <laughs> now, if he got his own site and he's popping this, cool, okay, for sure. But I don't know if he does or he doesn't. But uh, so I can only speak on what I understand. Take it with a grain of salt, man. Keep it pushing. I ain't giving them my clicks, so they ain't making no money off of me. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you got something to say about the Star Wars live action series. Oh man, I'm I'm ready to see what it's about. I hope it's dope. And uh, I I have high expectations. You know, if you're going to do live action, then it's going to have to be on the level of the movies but with deeper storytelling cuz this is Star Wars, so I, I don't want to see anything done skimply, low budget. If it's going to be for streaming services, you know, you don't got to play about ratings in terms of TV advertising just go hardcore story and make it dope so i'm all on board john favreau cool you know i i digged his work on jungle book i thought it was dope just stuff on iron man was that movie he had before that uh wasn't puffy puffy was in that movie i can't think of what it was called it's like a comedy type of thing not get him to the greek were they like chauffeur drivers or something that's the only one. That's the only movie I can remember. Puffy Maybe. being in was get him to the group. It was something they were like drivers or something. I, I mean, it was okay at the time. I, you know, I, I wasn't mad at it. So I'm not mad. At it. And, and then I think he did Zandora, Zandora or something like that, which I rocked. Mm-hmm. 
this is kind of like a sci-fi kids movie where the house launches into space with the kids in it. Uh, we just watched that not too long ago. So, yeah, I ain't mad at it at all. Um, just make it dope. That's all I can say. I'm ready like, for it. It's this year he did Made, Elf. Made is the movie. That's what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, okay. Uh, Iron Man, of course, one and two. Cowboys and Aliens. That has so much potential. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. And then Chef. Chef was great. Love that. I haven't movie. seen it. I guess I should check yeah, that out. That's right. That's right. He was that. That that was great. So he's he's dope to me now. You know, let's see what he do with Star Wars. You know. Now the thing is, is that distance is for the streaming service, uh, Hulu and more so Netflix. They've kind of set the standard. You've seen some uh, the what the Cloverfield Paradox uh, with Bright. And even with their series, one, it looks very, is they putting money into it, and it looks uh, really great, high class, high quality. Mm. So, yeah, they, it might not be blockbuster film budget production, but they're going to have to get really, really good to it, because if not, people are gonna just going to dismiss it and say, yeah, I'm going to stick with Netflix, because Disney owns some bull with this. How are you going to give us a Star Wars looking like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Well, yeah, I don't expect it to be on no Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> uh, and it can't. Nah, because again, uh, Netflix set the bar. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, for me, it's Star Wars. So as a Star Wars fan, they got my money regardless. Like, so on one hand, they, 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 and they know they have a ready-made audience that's going to come to this, and that's probably how they'll launch the service with this if they were smart, right? So I'm going to be there regardless. Because it's got Star Wars. Uh, so all they got to really do is just make it good. Uh, just, you know, to me, I don't watch it all the time, but Rebels, in terms of story, is interesting to me. When I do watch it, uh, I wish they had a different art style to it, but I'm not hating on what they have with it. You know, I'll agree on that. You know, they, they, they change the characters over time. And it was a, it's a, and it's a story, and and it's over. So I, I appreciate that. And so with this, okay, you got John Favreau, he's top talent. And again, you know, they gonna have, they have ILM, they own that company, <laughs> so they gonna have the top, whatever it is on some Star Wars stuff, because they own all the assets to Star Wars, whether it's you know Lucasfilm, uh, Lucas Sound, or THX, ILM. So they gonna have the same assets that they use for the movie they would be a fool not to. So, I mean, and it's going to be written with the same story group and people that's in control of it, I would assume. So they have the potential to change the game. And again, they have a property that people are going to pay for sight unseen anyway, uh, which a lot of these other shows don't have that working for them. So they're in a position where, on one hand, they ain't really got to worry too much. It's going to make their money regardless because it's going to be Star Wars like everything else. But they just have an opportunity to make it dope and make it fit and tie in with the larger story. So I'm, I'm just, I'm all, I'm all on board. You know, I know Disney is not, they ain't putting out this service on some whim or, you know, they don't know what's going to happen. They, this is a major play for them. And so all hands is going to be on deck. You know, this ain't, this ain't not going to be no joke for them. So they coming hard i would not admit i wouldn't be surprised if they're gonna have some kind of marvel thing on there too uh 
and or movies. I mean, the game is wide open to them. Personally, for me, they could change the game, like, because they got they own the illest stuff. If they was like, "Hey, we're gonna have a World of Wakanda show on," and it's over. Ooh, I mean, yeah. they own all the ass, you know, all the content, so they could do whatever they want to do, and they you can't really compete with that. And it's gonna be exclusive. Now, the question has been brought up in several places: um, oversaturating the market. Oversaturating what market? Like I don't understand. Well, Star Wars and Marvels, because of course they, like you said, they they own some of the best stuff, so they tend to. They clearly they're going to go with well, we're going to give you something that no other streaming service can give you, Star Wars, and like you said, they're probably going to go with a Marvel. But at the same time, when you have Star Wars, when you're producing, pretty much producing a Star Wars film every year, you know, then you have a live action TV series. When you're pretty much producing what three Marvel films every year. And then a lot. Then you have Agents of Shield, which more than likely they'll probably get canceled if they put a new Marvel show on this service. And but they already have Runaways. They already have the Netflix shows, which are probably going to be migrated once their contracts is up to this service. And then they have Cloak and Dagger coming out. Not to mention the quote unquote Marvel affiliated shows, The Gifted on Fox and Legion on FX. If they do come up with a new Marvel show, you know there's a chance of yeah, there's a lot of content. Well, I mean, you want a lot of content. That's that's why you have, and if you and if you're the exclusive place to get it, that's that's what it is. I mean, to me, I understand your argument, but I guess I would say, well, did they oversaturate the movie game with the Marvel movies? They just they just got the biggest movie in in the game. <laughs> it just came out. This is what their 18th movie or something crazy, and they dropping three or four movies a year. So I don't think there's no if the quality is there. There's nothing to worry about. Will some be bigger hits than others? Of course. Are any of them failures? No. Uh, again, just look at Disney's track record. They know what they do. Uh, they have. There's a reason why they done bought up all this content over these last few years. So they can own it all and be able to have one place where you're going to go to get it. And so to me, they got too many things stacked on deck to be worried about saturating the market of one of their properties. Because not only they got Star Wars, they got Marvel, they got the Muppets. It does nothing to say that Pixar. All, all of the Pixar and all of the Disney classic stuff that they got that they can put on there. So they ain't worried about it. <laughs> they got it all. Oh, you want to watch Pinocchio? And I, It's over here. If you want to watch this type of it's over here. Now, the question would be, do they put all of that on the same channel? Like, are they going to have the kids stuff there, too? Which, why wouldn't they? Netflix does, doesn't they? They have a kids section, yep, Netflix. Then they got R-rated materials. So, I mean, they can they can in a position to really lock it all down. And they could. And if they'd be like, we're not going to license our movies to other streaming sources no more. I mean, that would be a bold move, but it's like, you want to watch the new Star Wars that came out last year? Well, it ain't going to be on Voodoo. It ain't going to be on iTunes. It's going to be on Disney. And that's the only place it's going to be. Well, there you go. <laughs> they won. Wow. Ain't nobody going to be worried about the oversaturation. Is it dope? Is it banging? Do I want to watch it over and over? Good. They got Black Panther on here? Cool. Oh, they're doing a... Uh, a Disney streaming service version of something from the Black Panther universe on here. 
bad or good, black's going to be turning out the white. Oh, shit. Okay. Woo. They're doing a Wakanda TV series? <sighs> well, is this going to be oversaturated? <laughs> man, please. They don't get their money. So Marvel, I mean, they, they, they ain't tripping, man. And then they can be like, hey, and you can go to Disney World or Disneyland. <laughs> And get a further experience. Hundred twenty five dollars. Yeah, each. we just made Star Wars land. Don't let them announce Wakanda World. It'll be a wrap. Yeah, but Wakanda World be in Atlanta. Hey, it'll be a wrap. <laughs> but uh, we went back to uh, the talk about uh, Black Panther and how they tapped into the black audience. I, I said it elsewhere. Uh, now is the time to announce to greenlight a Blade film because I think that they could somewhat duplicate the success of Black Panther with Blade. You have a black uh, lead superhero and I understand that he's going after vampires, but there's not there's nothing stopping it from making it uh, the black vampire hunter versus the white supremacist vampires. There's nothing stopping it. From, <laughs> I'm just saying there's nothing stopping it from having more black characters in there. There's nothing stopping them from like True Blood where they use the va- the plight of the vampires as an allegory for the plight of the LGBTQ community bringing, making that applicable to the black audience with some type of overall social arching storyline that is that resonates with the black audience that makes it a black experience. So my opinion, now's the time to green like that. Get that other Billy. It would be interesting. I don't see Marvel doing the, the, the political route with it, but it would be very interesting. Because yeah. well, I mean, I understand that, you know, the reason black Panther resonated with the black audience is they had that black African culture. So I'm saying you can find a lane to put blade in to capture the same, uh, audience and galvanize them. It's possible, definitely, definitely possible. Uh, you know, they have. I, I'm curious to see what people's. Uh, well, people supported Luke Cage, right, when it came on. But it broke Netflix. Yeah, so you know, there's definitely a lane for it. I, again, will it be? Will it? Will it be a cultural movement? That that's a whole other thing. But that's where the marketing would come in. But it's certainly possible. I saw a picture online. Somebody, I think it was a fan made thing, but it was John Boyega as Blade. I don't know about that. Like, okay. I don't know about that. I mean, you're not gonna get Wesley. That's out. That's out the picture, and they would have to go probably unknown or somewhat of a known, you know, person who's not super super mainstream. Because I don't really see who else they would get to play it. I guess there's a few people, but they're people you know them as other things. So I don't know. It'd be interesting. The the brother from uh, Queen Sugar, who plays uh, Ralph Angel, I think he might be a good fit. Okay, I'm not. Dark, I'm not familiar with that. Shame on you. See, you I've heard of the show. Out. I just never watched it. I, I've definitely heard of it. Yeah, this is too much to be watching. But yeah, man, that would be that would be cool. I'm curious to see that. I think Marvel is gonna go the women route first before they start introducing a whole bunch of other black movies like that. But we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with the MCU, man. After Infinity War, I guess. <laughs> Only thing I know for sure is they're gonna have a Black Panther two, no matter what happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing I do know. <laughs> uh, my thing is, so is Avengers four a continuance of Infinity War, or is it gonna be its own separate movie? Because it, it seemed like uh, Avengers three and four were supposed to be part one and two. And 
they did away with well, Infinity War was supposed to be one and two. Now it's just Infinity War, and now in the fourth Avengers film. So I'm like, is it a continuance of Infinity War? I, I, I think it is because they originally were shooting them both at the same time, but then they stopped and they just finished shooting Infinity War, and then they went right into supposedly filming uh, the next one. So uh, I think it is the conclusion of whatever happens in that in Infinity War. So I, this, I think it was this Wat, Ant-Man and Wasp, Captain Marvel, and then Infinity War. Is that what goes? Oh no, Infinity War is next, and then Ant-Man. oh no, I'm sorry, uh, Avengers Four. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, like I said, but we'll see. Definitely see. They got Captain Marvel that they're shooting too, so I'm not really that hyped on that yet, but I'm sure I will be. Yep, it's uh, Infinity War, Admin and Wasp, Captain Marvel, and then Avengers Four. Mm. May third. Oh, okay. You see, Marvel's on that whole synergy. Captain Marvel. Oh, wow. These bastards. <laughs> Captain Marvel is released on March 8th, which is International Women's Day. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they know what Man. they're doing. Yep. Man. Uh, that push is going to be heavy. As you would say, the agenda. Hilarious. As long as the movie's good, that's all I got to say. Just be good. You know? But, uh, man, we're going to get up out of here at 2 o'clock. But, uh, man, uh, shout out to Ampu. Ampu, what's the name of your uh, show that people can check you out on? The QA. We just put up a new episode breaking down. Uh, oh, we had some personal stuff. Uh, uh, Mariah trying to deal with the uh, thirsty dudes at her job, as well as uh, mm-hmm. talking about uh, Monique. And- <laughs> Monique and Netflix. And uh, breaking down why Oh and giving our recommendations Mine was of course for this new Netflix show Everything Sucks uh, New episode we're going to be talking more about Bruno Mars Mariah is mixed So she's going to have a ton to say about that As well as our Oscar recap And you can find me On Instagram And Twitter at Alright definitely check me out uh, Was it At MDean on Twitter And of course as I always say about this time, work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace.